Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live presents Wednesdays with Ian. Our guru, and today our topic every month she just continues to blow me away with a topic that she and her team comes up with for this segment of the show that we do monthly. And today will not disappoint. I promise you, you are going to want to tune in. So everybody, welcome to the Loretta McNary Live. I am. How are you? I can hear you kind of. I hope you can hear me. I can hear you really well. So I hope that our connection improves. Yes, is it better it is now? Better, better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When you sent the topic to me and my team here, we were so excited. And immediately, you know what we thought about, right? Scandal. Olivia Pope. Carrie Phenomenal Washington. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this yeah, she, is, plus she owns it. Yeah, she absolutely she has really owns. Owned it. Yeah, I, I. How many, <laughs> how many scandal lover friends do you have? I have quite a few. <laughs> I have so many that we are planning a scandal party at my studio for the last episode for the break. I kid you not. And we have they start they promote they approached me approached me um like two months ago, right? And so we gotta do mm-hmm. this. We gotta do a scandal watch party for the last episode. And so we're actually gonna kick that off. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna put on my PR hat really quickly and, and tell you to please, please, please videotape that party, do some on camera shout outs to Olivia Pope, to Kerry Washington, definitely to Sandra Grimes to and, and yeah, and everybody. Then, was great and idea. then I was then I would send it to her, Shonda. Yeah, I would send it to her. You never know what could happen. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to start creating some buzz real soon. Real soon, we're gonna, probably starting in the next few days. Especially as I've talked to my own. You know, I claim you as my PR person too. And so, if I ever get in trouble and have to have some crisis cases management, so you already know I claimed you. So don't feel, oh, now she calls me. <laughs> that is so hopefully, fine. Let's just tell everybody who you are, just just for a second, and then we have a caller um, already too. So this okay. show is going to be amazing, and everybody who's listening, don't wait to call her today because she's so busy. We have the Fashion on the Square coming up in August, so she's really super, super busy, plus with her clients. So the show is only going to be 30 minutes today, and we have to keep that to 30 minutes. So you might want to start calling if you want to call or you know how to check her your questions, Facebook questions. But, you know, uh, Ian Navarrell is the founder and CEO of Glasshouse Communications. is a boutique firm in the San Francisco, Oakland, California area, specializing in media 
publicity relations, entertainment branding, strategic communications, fund development, consulting for nonprofits. She is also the fashion editor for Glam Couture magazine and has more than 10 years in the fashion industry and also the founder and creative director of Fashion on Square. So I just need to say all this so they can understand (laughs) why you are more than capable to answer all the questions that are coming in today already. We have about five, not even counting anything else. So Anything you want to say before we get started? You want to take the call now or later? How do you want to do this? Let's um, let's dive in. Let's dive into the calls. Okay, caller, we're gonna and the phone number to call in for those who are listening via your laptop and didn't get the Facebook announcement. But the number is three four seven five three nine five seven seven two. Three four seven five seven no three four seven five three nine five seven seven two. And we are going to call area code five seven four five nine six. I call you on the air. Oh, good afternoon. Hi, Loretta. This is Latanya from Elkhart, Indiana. I had the opportunity of uh, being in your studio um, in November. And uh, when you oh, had your show. You. Yes. Um, but uh, I was I saw the invitation of the, um, the show today, and, of course, I was automatically drawn to it um, for about media and social social media and branding and everything because that's exactly where I am. And also, too, fashion. I love fashion, so I was excited to be a part of your show today. But my question is, um, with you um, um, being in the social media and the fashion, and what is – uh, when a person is coming out, uh, what is, like, one of the per- uh, most important things to do when you're trying to brand yourself, uh, when you're trying to, you know, stick out, um, be different among the others that have already made their place to, you know, I'm in the food industry, but as far as branding and social media, what would be, like, the basic thing to start with if that's, you know, something you'd be able to help me with? Definitely, definitely. When we when we talk about branding, it's about a niche, and we know that. But a lot mm-hmm. of it is about a tagline. People understand designers. We have clothes. We have accessories. But what is your tagline? If you were walking down the street and people didn't remember your name or they did not remember your designer collection name or the food chain that you may work for mm-hmm. or may have, what would be that tagline that they remember? We know what Nike is, just do it. We know what Coca-Cola is. We know what a lot of the other brands are, and they are that tagline. So to start out, I would start with that tagline. And what Glasshouse used to be, and I don't believe that we've grown so large that we cannot go back to it, but my tagline was, and it was always on my collateral and on my business cards, it was, we throw no stones. And that was a cliche because, Glasshouse Communications, we throw no stones for those who know that cliche. It caused conversation, and people would say, wait a minute, what do you mean you throw no stones? That got the conversation going. Over the years, thank thank goodness and godness to 510 Media, who are the branding experts for me, and they are known nationally, they begin to navigate me through my imaging, my branding, and now the name that you see on the business cards it no longer has my title. It no longer has my tagline. It, mm. it, it doesn't even have what I do. It just says glass house communication. And science media, they're out of Oakland. They were able to talk me through the psychology of branding. So to answer your question, start out with what are you 
good at, what are you doing, and what is our tagline. And I would encourage you to do that through a focus group. Don't just sit in your room and come up with names. Get your sisters and brothers together, your family, your colleagues, pull them all in a room, and have them begin to throw into you and pour into you things that they see, hear about you, and you all together come up with a niche tagline. That would be my recommendation. Okay. And um, also, too, would you um, recommend that someone start off with or outside, when, after you talk with your family and everything, but getting with an organization um, to help you to brand your uh, idea? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Branding experts are critical. You actually need to sit down with someone who is in that business and who understands your industry, and they they too will have that same session that you had with friends and family, but I think that's important to have that as part of it. And then mm-hmm. you go to that company, that individual, who can actually take you through that process. Yes. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank, and continue to listen. She will give out more nuggets and tidbits as the conversation progresses. And thank you so much, Latanya. I appreciate you calling in. You're welcome. All right, so we're going to put her back on hold so she can continue to listen. Okay, so I'm going to go straight to the questions that we already have, because, you know, time is chipping away. So what is the first step when your client ends up in the news with negative press? <laughs> what should you do? I, yeah, definitely, definitely. The first thing we must do is get a hold of the client and make sure they're not saying anything to media. They, they may be emotional. It may be not the truth. It may not be the truth. They, they're going to be livid, even if it is the truth. They're going to be livid that it's out there. You must get in contact with them, with them to make sure they are not having any conversations with media at all. They're not tweeting. A tweet takes one second, and even if you try to delete it that second after, it's already retweeted. Trust me. And once mm-hmm. it's retweeted, it's pretty much out there and done. It's hard. It, you're not going to get it back. So the first step would be to get a hold of your client immediately Make sure they're not making any comments to media. Make sure that, of course, you all will be getting together to find to, to disseminate and actually find out what's going on. But that would be the first step. The other part is, second, to talk to your team. So if you have a team of other interns or employees, you must, must, must make sure they're saying nothing. Nobody says nothing. That's the first step. No one responds. <laughs> no one reacts. You have to make sure that they're not, oh, my God, look what they're saying. It's not true. I'm going to do this. Don't do it. That would certainly be the first step, for sure. Mm, So I guess being a CEO of Glasshouse Communications or any um, PR company, you should already have your team have gone through some kind of crisis management training themselves so they know that if this should happen to one of our clients, this is what we do. We lock the door, we pull the blinds down, you know, those kinds of steps. Are those steps already taken prior to it? I mean, because I just can't imagine it just happens and then everybody knows what to do. So and you being a perfectionist and an excellent, <laughs> I know you, you are grilling your team when you hire them. This is the first thing we talk about. I don't know, want to know your skills or whatever, but if ever there's a crisis, what do you do? Absolutely. The individuals that work with Glasshouse Communications, not only do they go through what we call media training, our clients go through a media training, and that is really how to respond to media. So absolutely, they are informed and trained on what to do, what not to do, and a lot of it because they are not at the forefront, they're not responding, they still have to know what I'm going to be doing. 
So you're absolutely right. None of them, we are mums. We are like, mums the word. We don't do anything. It's interesting because a colleague of mine said to me a couple of years ago that I often, when, I, when, when someone approaches me with a question, I kind of look at them. And then she followed with, Ianod, it's not a trick question. And I, I go into this burst of laughter because what I'm doing is I'm thinking. And sometimes I do overthink and overanalyze. But 90% of the folks that I deal with, whether they're clients or my team, they know that when you have a question for me, I will normally kind of look at first a <laughs> whole kind of a situation, and then I react. So just in crisis management, it's not an immediate reaction. So, yes, the interns, the employees, and the clients, we have a crisis communication plan, and it's basically – First, second, third, fourth, this is the order of how things happen in this plus when a crisis happens. So it's really, and you, you have to go one, two, three, or four, and if you skip one, you're done. So it okay. can be disaster. So, yes, they are trained. Okay, I know the this is a trained. good question. They're trained. Okay. Okay, so this, this um, is a Facebook message. She said, not all crises are bad. What if they're good news? Do you, do, do you, do you follow the same protocol? I and that's interesting because I was about to, right, I was about to piggyback and say, but when it's good news, click, 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 click. However, however, do your fact checking. So who is the good news coming from? Did did it come from Glasshouse? <clears throat> did it come from your client? If it came from another source, before you retweet, repost, say amen to the 10th power, fact check. It has to be done. If it's not coming from you, then you need to monitor because those can, can potentially be it's good news maybe spinned a little. So it's a different to answer your question. It's a different protocol, but the only switch would be, and, and the larger switch would be just fact check it if it's not coming from you. Say, oh, your client just was a, was announced as the face of whomever, a big brand, but it came from someone out of Alaska. Well. You would know that before they knew that. So make sure you fact check before you begin to blast good news, definitely. Okay. Okay. Good answer. Okay. So what do you do when your client blames you for not doing a good job with getting rid of or handling the negative press? Well, my question is, did you do it? And now if you did it, let's, let's talk about did you do it. So if you did it, whatever it is, and you're blaming me for not ridding the negative press, that's, that's insanity at the highest level. What we are challenged with in crisis communication as publicists is diffusing the negative press. Will it ever go away? No. Can I Google it five years from now? It may not come up on the first page. It may, it may be down on the tenth page, and that has to do a lot to do with search and optimization, which we are familiar with so we know how to – kind of get those hits kind of further down. However, when they begin to blame, it's, it's, it's all a conversation. In PR, we are constantly, why am I not on the front page? Why didn't I get this interview? How come I'm not here? So just as much as our clients want that higher plateau, if when, when something bad happens and they're looking for you to fit, that's not going to happen. So what do I do? It's a conversation. But the conversation doesn't go so well because they're emotional, they have the, the adrenaline is going. They just want to get rid of it. Even when it's true, they want you to get rid of it. 
But having a conversation, if you have a good relationship with your clients, and having a plan in place, letting them know what your steps are. Don't just say, well, you did it, and now we have to figure it out. No. And you need to soothe them. You need to massage them. You need to make sure that they're feeling better. Yes, we're sorry that it happened. Here are the next steps that we're putting in place to, to deal with this, basically. So have a plan. When they're coming at you angry, make sure you have some information to give them that will speak to how they're going to take care of it. Don't react to them blaming you. Just say, this is what we're doing to handle this. To kind of, that's the psychology part of it all. So what if it's um, not your particular client, but it's a part of something that your client is a part of? Let's say they're the face of company XYZ. XYZ has just been raided because of back taxes or something like that. Then is it mm-hmm. a different kind of scenario or strategy when it's just something they are associated with and not necessarily them? Do Is mom you know the word? Well, that's interesting. The mom part is they are doing that letter of disassociation with the organization. And if you think about many of the, and it happens a lot in sports, as you know, when an athlete is charged with, even if he did, he or she did not do it, when they're charged with a criminal act, when we're familiar with what happened with Tiger Woods, we're familiar, some of us are familiar with recently happened with Rick Ross. When those things happen, you saw sponsorships drop, drop, drop. They just, because the brand does not want to be associated. So what happens mm-hmm. when the brand does something and you are tied to it, you do the exact same thing. You take the exit door because you don't <laughs> want that as part of, <laughs> as part of your legacy. Now, to this has nothing to do with crisis management, but that requires a very, very good attorney because whatever contract you have signed to be the face of a brand for 10 years and get an endorsement has to work both ways. Just as they should relieve you, there should be a tight control, and this is the legal hat talking from the years that I was doing intellectual property litigation for a little bit. They, we have to make sure that the contract speaks the other way, that they can also remove themselves if they are not fulfilling there. So brands work both ways. The client is a brand. The company is a brand. We have to make sure that we have some even exchange here, definitely. Okay. So what what do you advise your clients to When do you advise your clients to use the no comment when confronted by media about a negative incident? Because they're, you know, you can do all you you can to tell them to be quiet and kind of control what you can, but eventually they're going to be out and um, affronted or confronted by the media or a newspaper person or, you know, someone's yeah. going to get to them. So what do you tell them? No comment response is the 80. The 21st century response is absolutely nothing. I don't care how many cameras, microphones, handheld recorders, you're coming out of lunch at a restaurant that you thought was secluded and you're great and you walk out the front door and the the folks are there, it's this paparazzi at the highest level, you walk to your car and you get in your car and you go. That's it. No response. Please don't say no What comments. if they say something don't positive like, um, okay, Loretta, we understand what's going on, but how are you – um, planning to protect your children, or how are you planning? I mean, do you not answer any negative or any positive? No questions at all? Even Zero. if they spin it different to make you think, okay. 
Zero. Zero. A couple of reasons why. You are not, the client is not the PR person. They are not the spokesperson for for their brand. They are the brand. And trust and believe that in the midst of one or two, even if it was just a couple of people that approached you or whomever it was, whatever you say in this heightened level of negative press, is going going to be thinned, period. So you think mm. you said A, but <laughs> by the time five minutes happens and it's on the news, it's something else. It's, we take things and we're able to take things with technology and spin them in all kinds of voice, voice um, manipulation, all kinds of things. So, no, yeah. do not respond oh, at all. Right. Also, don't don't say anything. Don't say anything, but more importantly, because the client is emotional. And when you're emotional, you start out very calm. Yes, I plan to, my wife and kids are going to ABC. You start out that way. But trust me, then you want to just get one in. You just want to get one in. <laughs> and then it becomes this emotional thing. And, and me as a PR person, I'm sitting there in front of my computer just pulling my eyeballs out because now that one sentence has become something else. And, and and sometimes the slicing, so you could slice a whole sentence into two words. So it's just, you, you yeah. don't say anything, you don't say anything, you don't say no comment. It's difficult. It's hard to bear. Take an, or something that Jay-Z recently did, and most of you are very aware, brilliant, brilliant. Is he a publicist? No. Is he a lyricist? Yes, he is. So he took that incident of, he and his wife, Beyonce, go into Cuba. He took that mm-hmm. whole paparazzi glitz, and his response was in a song. Why? Because that's what he does. He is a lyricist. He can write. And his response in a song was pretty good because not only in terms of what he said in the song, it wasn't that. It was how he, the vehicle that he delivered his response. He delivered it in the format that he is good at, and that is being a lyricist. So, now, 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 please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every person out there start writing a song. <laughs> I'm just saying that's an example of how he stayed in his lane of his craft. He did not say that his PR team was not doing a good job, so I'm going to do this song. He didn't say that. He didn't. He just responded in what was a regular flow for what he does every day, all day, just on the cusp. So, yeah, client, say nothing, nothing, don't say anything. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> okay, so when you're when when there is a crisis and you're the PR person and then there's also another team, like the legal team, who at that point decides who's going to be the, the person who talks? Because, you know, when we watch Scandal, even if it's the White House, Olivia is the person that's given the speech and not necessarily the Secretary of State or Peace or Justice or whatever, or and it's not the legal team. So who? how do you determine if it's going to be the attorney who's going to speak or your PR person, or should it always just um, default? No, it depends on the subject, but it goes back to the communication, the crisis management portion of the communications plan. So you have this communications plan, the company does, and it says this is how we talk internally. This is how our newsletters are done. Here are the constituents who receives our internal communication. This is our org chart. You have all of that. Within that, there's a segment called the crisis plan. 
So when a crisis happens, the first person that's called is Ianot. The second person that we make sure is connected is whomever her right-hand person is. The third person is the legal team. And, and these are all in steps. And then immediately it takes two seconds to get a quick webinar together of the team or a conference call. That team gets on the line. They synthesize what's going on, strategize, figure out who's going to do what and done. All of that has to happen, meaning so-and-so is informed, number two, number three informed, and a conference call with, I don't care if they're in Italy, it doesn't matter if their time zone is 24 hours ahead or 14 hours behind, doesn't matter. We're 24-7 creatures and species. We have access to the Internet at every hour and second of the day. So we will convene within X number of hours because you have less than less than 24 hours to respond to media if you're going to respond, and I want to speak to that very very quickly in a moment. So in your crisis communication plan, so you'll probably say, okay, you're not look. I don't have time to go to the file, pull out this document that tells me who to call first, who to call second. That's why these are some of the things that are on your hot sheet that are probably a file on your BlackBerry. Did I say BlackBerry? On your smartphone. They're probably on your smartphone or your iPhone. There are these quick documents that you grab. At the end of the day, you need to either know it, own it internally, or you need to have it as a quick reference. And then you convene and you pretty much respond. The other part is, do you respond? So here you have this huge client that's internationally known. And this big PR team, the number one PR team in the nation or someone, and you have this huge legal team, and this thing comes out. Do you, do you respond? You have to think about that. Because once you respond, it can get into bantering. And that's the last thing you want to do. When you become this bantering session back and forth, all it takes is for you, one of your team members, or say you because not your team member, that person whom you have said will lead this charge to make one mistake. Say it's 5,000 stocks, but it was really 500 stocks. If you said 5,000, it's in the media. Then you are a fibber. I don't use that other word with the L. I say fibber. <laughs> and so then you become a fibber, and then with that, it becomes a whole other conversation. So you really have to determine if you're going to respond and when. So that is part of the crisis as well. Just because the crisis came out, comes out, doesn't mean, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've got to respond. No. you got to be calm. Let's do some fact-checking. Let's do – but – and I will say in a couple of high-profile instances, they took too long. The PR team, absolutely. I mean, it was, it became a crisis communication, sub, what do you call it, um, oh, what is the word? It became a study. That's what it did. It became a study of what not to do. When you, and it, it was circulated amongst PR professionals like myself. This is what you don't do. They waited too long. The individual eventually did survive it after a couple of years and came back, but they took too long. So you have everything from what do you say, when do you say it, how quickly do you respond, do you respond at all, and more importantly, more importantly, when you do respond, is your information correct? Because I'm telling you, if it isn't right, it's a wrap. Pretty much a wrap. 
So it great communication is 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 one of the sexiest parts of communication out there. And I use that word very loosely in 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 a non other kind of way. You have to be finesse with it. You have to be savvy with it. You have to be very persuasive with it, with it, and more importantly, understand the psychology of communication because they're not going to read past first, mm, say, 15 words. You, if you don't capture it in those first, they're not going to get to the second paragraph. You need to own it when yeah. it comes out, and then you can do all the flowery stuff later. But if you don't capture their attention, it's pretty much done. Pretty much done. Yeah. Okay. Um, and one thing I need to point out that this is done prior to any crisis happening, any potential crisis, any real crisis. So that's why it's called a plan. This is not, and what we don't see, because a lot of people use TV as like a source of information, we don't see what they had already did to plan. You just see Olivia in action. But these things have already been, they know this is what happened, so it's not like everybody's jumping around trying to figure out what do we do, what do we do. And that's why it's so important to have a public relations agency, a PR guru, and to, you know, to know this kind of stuff just in case. So we only have a couple of minutes, and I was trying to see if I can get in one more question with you, Inod, and then sure. I guess the next few shows we'll probably, we'll talk a lot about fashion on the square, too, um, as the months wind down. Okay, so what do you say? We can continue this a little bit more, too, in our next. We'll have a balance. But let me just say yeah. one thing about Miss, Miss Olivia and the comment you made. If you notice, and, and I've saved several episodes on Tebow because I like to go back, but if you notice, every one of the team members has the expertise, and once that crisis happens and they're in the room, when she says, Hawk, Hawk is already on it, is he not? She doesn't have yes. to say, Hawk, I need you. Hawk said, I'm already on it. Bank account number. <laughs> He's already got it, and so they they know they're in in the the gentleman when it's time for him to to scout someone out and grab up dirt on them. He's it's already done. So they know their place and they specialize in certain areas and they pretty much own it. And our new Nancy Drew, she's trying to figure out how she's gonna what niche she's gonna have. But um, uh, what's what's the last question? This is fine. <laughs> I was going to um, just uh, talk about the brand and how when it's not your client, but it's your brand, and you, it's just so – and we can do this at the next conversation, just talk about how to protect the brand so that you don't have to worry about going into crisis management too much and to make sure your brand is protected if you do have to go into that kind of mode. So I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm so excited. I can't wait to have more because this is something that we don't talk a lot about when we talk about PR. It's always, right. please get me booked. Like you said, why am I not on this show or how can I get on this show right. or how to choose a PR? So these are some things that shows your expertise and your level of engagement in what you do every day. So I just thank you so much for um, coming out with this topic and presenting it in such a way that sure. even Olivia Pope, would um, be happy and proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm certainly going to. I'm certainly going to try and expand my time. And I, I know I mentioned I do have things coming up, but I absolutely enjoy these conversations. My friends and my colleagues, my mom is especially. She is always tuning in and listening. And also, it as I conversate and have these conversations. 
things like ideas come to me as well as I'm engaging. So thank you so much for allowing me to share with your audience and and pretty and enhance the opportunity. I, I enjoy it. I do. <laughs> enjoy and appreciate you and look forward to our conversation next month in May to see what great topic is almost scandalous to have to wait so long and, and um, they should probably put me on the payroll because I'm really doing an awesome job of promoting them but it's a hot thing and that's what we do as hosts we talk about those things and connect to those things that are hot and current yeah you so awesome to have this kind of conversation it's energetic it's inspiring and it's Definitely, definitely keeps us informed with the current trends and, you know, information. Mm -hmm. So we're always on top of everything. So thank you for that, Ianad. And thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in every day now, Tuesday through Friday, to Loren McNary Live on um, Blog Talk Radio. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, tell someone along the way, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.